Hello and welcome to the Three and D's podcast. Happy New Year! We're back. We're a little sick, but we're powering through. My name is Justin, joined as always by my good friends Matt and Mari. Fellas, Happy New Year! How's everyone doing? I'm loving this inflection of your voice as you're just trying to get through here. I've never heard you speak like that. It's so clearly phony. Yeah, it's radio voice. It's radio voice. Yeah, I'm a little under the weather. Caught the plague in Alberta. Classic Alberta. Mm-hmm. But uh, that, is, that is that is showbiz. The show must go on. We show yeah, up like a professional. Professional. Yeah, but happy new year, fellas. You have a good break, good holiday season. Everyone had a happy new year. Yeah, it was great, honestly. I drove up to uh, Brisbane, and so I was in Sydney for the fireworks for New Year's, which was pretty pretty cool. It's yeah. You know it's cool because it made the Canadian news. Like, I saw it on Canadian news, the Brisbane or whatever fireworks. Or was yeah, it Sydney? I, think, I don't know. I, uh, I think probably would have been Sydney. Oh, okay. Apparently, Brisbane was like about five, ten years ago, was like making headway as being the spot to go in Australia. But then the Australian government had to step in and say, All right, you guys need to chill. Like, Sydney's taking over. Really? So, yeah, apparently, it's like a huge tourism thing. And so, yeah, pretty wild. So, I think it would have been Sydney, which is. Honestly, very, very cool. You have to wait forever, but it was very cool. All worth it. Yeah, for sure. Great. Yeah. Great to hear. How's you guys? Let's hear it. I stayed in Richmond. <laughs> That's all I did. You didn't make the trip out to Brisbane? No, I couldn't even I couldn't even make the trip out to Vancouver. It was Ooh. a a pretty regular New Year for me. I just spent it with my family. I'm grateful to be uh with my family during the holiday season, Christmas and New Year's, I just spent the whole time with them. So I've, I've been chilling. I feel like I've been taking off like work. I've been taking off, to be honest, the NBA at points. But uh, except for Christmas Day, I love NBA basketball. Mm. But uh, we're back now, back in the structure of things, back to getting to the second half of the year, and I'm excited. And I'm excited, Mari. Yeah. Um. Well, yes, I had a great holiday. I'll quit, make the holiday recap quick had a great holiday a lot of family time my friends and i did a um a few of my friends and i did a gift exchange and uh we we presented our gifts actually this past weekend um because we were all traveling and probably the best gift i got this holiday season is a custom three and d's (laughs) mug um my friend went all out pulled our logo from spotify um and put it on a mug. And I thought that was a great gift. Very thoughtful. Um, so it fired me up. We'll, we'll take a, we'll take a picture and put it on the socials for you guys to see. Or if you're on YouTube, you can take the YouTube screen. The screen grab will be the three and D's available worldwide. Just give us like a lot of, a lot of advance notice because we're going to have to order them separately. Yeah. One by one. If you want it, we're going to take orders over like a three month period. And then we're going to place the order. Yeah. No excess inventory, but no, it was very cool and uh, good holidays. And I'm also very excited for 2024 because the Raptors, boy, are they relevant again? <laughs> Amazing. Talk about yeah, yeah. Let's get started with them. Let's talk about it. So since we last spoke, 
Um, are very you know what that OG episode was very well timed because OG Ananobi, dearly beloved, was traded to the New York Knickerbockers for RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and the Detroit Pistons 2024 second round pick, which will most likely be the 31st overall pick Pretty in good. this coming year's draft. And you know, I think we all had initial thoughts. Going in, I was definitely hesitant and a little nervous about how this would turn out. Um, but now it's been a couple weeks, and uh, I have lots of thoughts. But I wanted to get your guys' reactions. What, what what do you guys think when you when you saw that trade, uh, initial reactions, and how you thought it's turned out so far? Was this on your list, Justin? Yeah, the it, Knicks. Yeah, the Knicks. I think the Raptors picking a direction was on my list. Oh, oh, I see. Your OG I think list. My Christmas list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the Raptors picking a direction was on my Christmas list and we're halfway there. Um that's a great question. Like, give me some thoughts and I'll and I'll get back to you right, yeah, right real quick. I, I'm uh I think RJ Barrett's gonna be my favorite Raptor of all time. I think like somewhere down the line. Like I I, I I'm not even concerned about value at this point. I'm just concerned about like culture and like I'm just so happy that RJ Barrett is playing for the Toronto Raptors and like I get to watch that. Just because like it was enough. I mean, I okay. I have thoughts, Matt. Your reaction first before we get into that, because I have thoughts. Oh, I think it's awesome. Like it's like, I think it's one of those situations where it could very well be a win-win um, situation. Because you see the Knicks. I think I'm pretty sure they're four zero now with OG playing. I think and OG's they- like a plus one ten, hundred and ten in five games with them. <laughs> yeah. Like like <laughs> even just say yesterday for example they just absolutely killed the trailblazers with og leading them in points which is really fucking cool um i think it's been a great fit they're really struggling defensively and um i don't know you still get precious achua and malachi flynn in the trade as well so you got a bit more depth on the next side of things not that they're great players but there's still potential there they're both pretty young and Raptor side of things, I think Masai hates picks. Mm. And I think he understands that picks can kind of be overrated because let's say the Knicks, for example, like they're pretty solid with young talent. Like they're going to be pretty good. And so the pick's probably going to be in the high teens, 20s um, going forward. So I think he understands that like a first round pick and next year or the following year probably isn't going to be that great. It's going to be more like a second round pick. So I think he's prioritizing players. And I kind of love that because like RJ Barrett, he's a third, third round pick or third, third overall pick. Um, Great OG for that was like 17th overall. That just kind of worked out (laughs) for the Raptors. Like the ceiling is way higher. I think now with this Raptors team quickly, I love as well. He's, like he's playing so well, picked him up on fantasy. So living, living vicariously uh, through that. But I think it's a win-win trade, and I'm I'm stoked for both teams. Yeah. So the um, I did have the New York Knicks as one of the teams when we talked yeah. about them originally. Um, but I like you, Matt. I underestimated Masai's um, prioritizing of players versus picks. So the my fake Knicks trade was was Fournier and three firsts for OG. And it's pretty clear, 
from both sides. <laughs> a that and Raptors wanted to prioritize young players, and B you, the Knicks want to keep the powder dry. Sorry. Would you prefer that? Say they did that trade instead. I actually you? don't. I especially in hindsight, because <laughs> yeah. three because a lot of their firsts, a lot of their firsts are are like you mentioned quite quite bad. Like they have like a I think they have like a Bucks first. They have like another first from like another contending team. Then obviously they're going to be a pretty good team moving forward in years to come. So I think Zach Lowe made a good point about this. Like if it's three firsts that are like lottery protected and going to be in like the back third of the draft, I would much rather have RJ Barrett. Mm-hmm. and Emmanuel quickly. Um, so again, I was a little worried. Initial thoughts was about this was like, you know, RJ is a, a low efficient, like a low efficiency kind of can put the ball in the bucket, but like, is he drive winning? And then quickly was sort of this unknown commodity to me a little bit, you know, backup point guard. But what happens when you put him into a bigger role? Like, can he really step up? And I have been so impressed with these two guys and it's just completely changed the dynamic of the, of the roster um, end of their future again. RJ's twenty three. Um, Quickly's twenty four. Got RJ for three more years beyond this at a you know reasonable number. I think between twenty five to thirty million a year. Um, Quickly is an RFA this this summer, so you're going to have his you know keep control. Hopefully that number comes in, you know, not outrageous. Hopefully four for ninety, four for you know around there. It would be would be great, but. Just getting back to the floor, man. Emmanuel quickly is is already my favorite raptor. Maybe well, outside fit, of Scotty. The fit is just better, right? I, I you just watching that Lakers game yesterday, and it's just mm-hmm. fascinating um, how much it opens up when you have like penetrating guards and not just like three big wings. Like I I, I just love how the the team looks too. Um, Scotty obviously will be put in a bigger position as like the biggest. A uh, gravity guy on the floor, and I, was like, I don't know. It's mm-hmm. it's gonna be a lot of fun. Like quickly and Schroeder, I think play a lot of the same kind of role in that they could just provide energy. They could provide create offense. Um, but I, I I like how you're saying you know the inefficiencies of RJ Barrett. I don't care. I don't care about the like. I I watch Team Canada to play, and he is the most frustrating player in the world to watch just because yeah. the amount of bad plays he makes is just insane. But he's just such a I don't know he's just such a dog. Like I just love how he carries himself. I think people respect him, and like even though he makes mistakes in the basketball court, like people see him as like a leader, and he steps up when he needs to. And I don't know if it's new team syndrome, like just wanting to prove prove a point, but he's been incredibly efficient since he's been on the Raptors. Mm-hmm. So there's something to be said about being in a system, a certain system for so long, and being in a role for so long where he was clearly probably not the best fit on the Knicks as well. And here he'll be, you know, he'll be probably a third option. Um, behind kind of Scotty and 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 quickly, uh, once Pascal inevitably gets moved, um, and man, he he can when you need a bucket, he can get you a bucket. Yeah. And the Raptors lack that, and have lacked that for a long time. You know, with OG there, it was you, you never really felt fully felt fully comfortable with Pascal and OG kind of just dribbling the basketball and trying to like get like trying to weave their way to the basket and kind of create offense. Um, and like when even down when it comes to like handles, like RJ's handle, a quickly's handle, his speed. Mm. Um, and it will kind of break him into two separate conversations, but it, it it's just like the the offense is just completely revitalized. And um and they're moving the ball, they're playing really good team basketball. This is you know a week a week together. Um so I'm very impressed. Um I, I do think 
this is going to be a good place for RJ to grow as well um, and get better. And I do see, you know, a, a, a high level starter in him. I don't, you know, can he be the third best player on a, you know, a contending team? I think he can get there. I agree. I have a question for you, though. Do you think this core stays like, does this change your mind about the Siakam piece of it? No, I think Siakam needs to go. Um, Still, because I, 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 I just love how this fits now with Siakam. And I, I don't know if he does. I don't know if the team does. But per, me personally, like I, I just like this team a lot right now. Yeah, I, if I'm kind of picturing this team as a contender, I, I do like kind of a Scotty RJ three four. We, the one thing I'll say, my the thing that's continuing to frustrate me is that Yaka Pertl trade is quickly <laughs> becoming maybe the worst Raptors trade of the century. Oh like no God. cap. Or since I've been a fan, like I, I can't, I was going through all the, like, I was kind of going through all the, the trades in my head and Raptors tend to do pretty well on most of them. Maybe the Lowry trade you can gripe with because we didn't get much, but that was more of a sign and trade. Like this trade truly, truly has, has pushed everything back from a, a rebuilding standpoint to trade that first round pick that could very well be, you know, top, you know, in the top 10 somewhere to, um, re-sign Yak to a four-year, $80 million deal when, to me, he's not the answer at center um, is like, just it just eats it eats at me because um, it was just such a bad move. So f- to, to answer your question, I, I don't think, based on the age timeline and what Pascal wants to command on the market, and I still think there's a bit of overlap in terms of positional um, fit there, um, like, I don't think RJ is a, a real two. I think he's more of a three and Scotty's kind of more of a four. Um, but I think in, 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 for this team to be truly competitive, I do think you can have three fifths. I do think you have three fifths of your starting rotation. I think quickly, uh, Scotty and RJ are there. You need a lot more shooting. So you just, you just need a two that can just hit shots at a 40% clip and can defend. Like that's, that's clear. We don't have, we still don't have that. Gary Trent Jr. is the. Kinda. Gary Trent Jr. is, but he's the prototype for that, right? Like that's you that's want it to be hoping. him, yeah, yeah. You want it to be him, but it's just not him. I don't think. Um, I haven't seen it from him in two years. Um, he's just very inconsistent. Like some games he'll he'll hit, you know, four threes in a row, and some yeah. games you can't rely on him to do anything. Yeah. Um, and then the last piece is you. We we just do not have a true kind of rim running defensive big like just, we need to... i love yakup Perla. i don't you you hate him yeah, so he, much he literally is that he's that <laughs> and he's good okay offensively good. offensively he's, he's fine <laughs> defensively guys we have no in like scotty barnes is our best interior defender like, scotty barnes is like a top eight interior defender in the league i'd say and Pirtle doesn't get those like sexy blocks, but he's pretty. He's a solid. Like he's top. I think the front court is good. I agree. Yeah. And Boucher to to just have a mix. I I, I just like it. You know what's funny is Boucher's actually been pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boucher's been actually making the right play. But more you hate Yak like you since the trade, like since it was even talked about, like you've been on this podcast on record. Hating Yaka Pirtle. I just don't think he's the answer for a six for a for a successful team. I don't think he can defend the best bigs, and I don't think he can like defend the rim the way we need him to. Like we, like I don't I don't know. 
That's fair. The defense fair. is a problem. The defense is a problem, and it will be a problem until we become a competitive team, like a truly competitive team. Um, you know, Scotty's not. I hope that RJ can develop into a into a good wing kind of one on one defender, but right now Scotty is sort of needs to be playing that Giannis role that like defend in the corner and roam, like help off and like make those coat those like big defensive plays. Like he can rise up and block a shot for sure mm -hmm. from the help side. Um, but he can't be your primary big defender and he can't be your primary on ball defender either. He gets blown by like it's fucking like you're like you're like you're sucking up cocaine at a club on a, on a Saturday. <laughs> he gets blown, he gets blown by often um yeah i like probably... having him as that big in like a two three zone and then you have boucher out there as like the weak side help guy just because like it's fun but like it's a team like Embiid, i mean th that's the thing you, you could break down defenses all you want you could improve you, whatever your roster is but the moment you get down to someone like joel Embiid and nicole Jokic, it's just there, there's a cap to what you could really do about that and i i think the the roster is constructed right now to address like 90% of big men in the league. And like that's pretty good. My dream is Onyeka Kongu comes to the Raptors in some sort of Pascal trade. Uh, I feel like he's untouchable. Onyeka. There was a recent mock trade yeah. on Bleach Report where it was um I think it was Bogey, Jalen Johnson, and one other player for Pascal. Oh. And I was kind of down. That's that's really that nice. will not happen. Yeah, <laughs> I can guarantee that will not happen. That's even that's so stupid. That was even like, the Hawks tripling. Down. I think the Hawks, the Hawks I, are keeping, keeping Jalen Johnson. They're keeping Onyeka. Those those are three pieces that are untouchable. Yeah. I think. But Jalen Johnson and the Raptors is a pretty Dejounte, nice. Dejounte gone. Just because Jalen Johnson had has had half of a decent year, a good year, doesn't mean he's untouchable like now. What are you talking about? Why would they? Yeah, yeah. They would. He's they would not really go. Well. Bogey would be nice in the Raptors, though. Either Bogey, actually. Either Boyan or Bogdan would be really nice in the Raptors. Yeah. Um, we'll see. There's still work to be done. I do think we need to have, now that we've done the um, the OG stuff, I think we need to have a conversation about Pascal trades at some point, maybe next week. I think it's, um, I think it should be GTJ. I really, I, I really think you could build this team. And I don't think there's like, much... Oh, you, you think he should stay? Be like the two? I, I think, no, I think Siakam should stay. Oh. I think, I think you should move GTJ for something else. I, even if it's not much, like, make a team out of this. I like this team. And, like, age time, we're talking about age time, but, like, Pascal's not fucking, like, retiring. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's 29. Like, he, he'll still be good for three, four years. Like, maybe you won't be the number one title contender, but this could be a really good team. Yeah, but Mark, think about the starting five with Pascal as in there. You got quickly RJ, Scotty, Pascal, Hurdle. You have one three point shooter or two. You have two. Scotty's developed the three. I wouldn't. You, you, yeah, I, I see that's what not you good mean. Enough. Spacing wise, I, think, I mean, I think another thing, Pascal is a UFA after this year, too. Oh, yeah. Fuck. So it could be like a yeah. Freddy thing where he gets an absurd amount of money elsewhere. He wants a max. Yeah, exactly. When I don't think that fits the Raptors at all. Yeah. 29 through 33 on a max contract. Like on their team now, I think I saw the starting lineup and Scotty was at the two, technically. And like that's just the third. So they definitely need that spot filled with whatever. I don't know if it's Gary Trent either, but. I'm just maybe because I like all these players. Uh, like, 
I want to. Yeah, you. no, it is fun. I think the Raptors could be a bit more patient too, because this team does look like. I mean, they're competitive with the Lakers. They, I think, killed the Kings, beat the Kings. Probably should have um, won against the Lakers too. Yeah, and yeah, that, that was insane. That was I really could I could rant about that for about ten minutes. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I have some thoughts on that. We'll get in that later, but. Um, but yeah, I feel like just because he's a UFA, if he was, yeah, I don't yeah. know, two, three more years, maybe. But yeah. So my only counter to that is like I do think that Pascal genuinely loves it in Toronto. Um, like he's you know he he's he's lowered his trade value because he's basically saying like I want to be in or he he's not saying I want to be in Toronto, but he's like if I get moved, I'm not committing to any anyone in terms of like signing a new contract. And he's just comment after comment. He does love it here. So I, I do think that like we, we would be able to match any kind of offer for him to keep him long term. I just don't know if that's like the right move for the franchise. Um, maybe you can do that and then trade him after his first season or maybe you can still trade him, you know, into his that next contract. Um, I would probably rather do that than lose him for nothing. But I do think it's time to 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 be honest i think that they are i think the front office there's a moment on uh, open gym where they were talking to emmanuel quickly and they were talking about oh it's like so good to have you bring like this is Masai talking to quickly and he goes so great to have you and bringing you in like this is the future like you and scotty like you're the future it's a new era and like i was like holy shit they aired this like he just mm-hmm. like basically openly kind of dismissed pascal and his like future mm-hmm. um so I do think like the writing's on the wall. I just hope we don't like give him up as like I just hope we don't we don't sell super low on him. Like I would rather keep him than like sell him for you know peace, like just a really bad deal. I don't know what that deal yeah, looks like, like. Pascal but... means something to the Raptors culture too. Like he won a ring for the for the team. Like he's also an all NBA player. Like yeah, he's like still he's a, an he's a fantastic player. player. He won a ring for the Raptors. The city loves him. You know, yeah. the team loves him like this. This is it's, it's not just like, oh, this is a bad contract that we need to get rid of. Like, this is a player who means a lot to the organization and is good still. So I I I, I don't know. I, I'm just getting sentimental, you know, <laughs> thinking about the old Raptors, I guess. But yeah, I will I, say I, I don't I don't even know if quickly should be starting. Like that, yes, That's one should. thing I want to bring up. I feel like it still should be sure. Yes, he personally. should. But one last note on Pascal, like if we're not getting an OG re- size return, like that's the that's the baseline for me. Yeah, yeah. Two young players that can we can build with, sure. Jalen Johnson and Onyeko Kongu, <laughs> sure. Let's make the deal. But if it's if it's less than that, I'm gonna keep him. Um, Matt, do you have any thoughts on 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 quickly and and uh, Schroeder and or anything else we talked about? No, I mean, I think I love Quickly in New York. I think he's awesome. I think he was top three in six man of the year um, voting. Won't get that anymore, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, I think some of his stats, you could argue, were a bit inflated just because he's against all the backups for more than half of his minutes. But I think he's ready to take that step. He's, He's an amazing player. He's so quick. And if he can be consistent and as consistent as he's been to start like obviously it's only small sample size but i i'm so excited i think he's perfect and they then even shoot a... at, like the backup point guard if whatever they decide to do those point guard minutes are shored up like that's that's solid 
yeah, it 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 bring it turns us into having let's let's we can argue this, but let's say a league league average starting point guard with a with a really with a top tier top let's say five backup point guard when we were let's say a bot or middling to bottom tier starting point guard uh, with no back with the worst po- backup point guard in the yeah, league. Yeah, so yeah. that alone really helps us. I, I like the minutes they play together. They play really well. The two, their two, their two men game. That's a little me, you, they're both incredibly quick. They're so fast and it is so refreshing. It's just yeah. like seeing someone be able to blow by someone that quickly and just start that offense. Like, okay, swing, 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 open shot. It's, it's, it's so nice to see. Um, and quickly has brought a lot of that energy. Um, fast it's like pace old Freddie, kind of like when Freddie was younger, totally you know, he was coming off the bench. Like that kind of like spark was just so much fun to watch. Exactly. And quickly is a 40% three point shooter. Like he can, he can shoot it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he seems like just a great personality. Like he's, I love him. Like I just, I've fallen in love with him. No homo no, basketball, <laughs> fallen in love with him. Um, already he just, he'll, 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 he got a heat check last night. Timeout. He's just skipping down the floor. His new his new move is just skipping down the floor after a timeout. Um, when uh, when he does something good, he's done it a few times now, and it just like makes you so happy. Um, he's That's got a cute lot of how you notice like, the little things. It's the little things. Yeah. I'm a big fan of this team right now. I'm not missing a single minute of this team at the moment. Um, Pat Bev was on his podcast called "Both of Them Baby Little Pups Can Turn Into Dogs One Day," and I I see it. I see it in both of them. Well, let's talk about that Lakers game because Coach Darko Rajakovic goes off on the refs in his post-game interview. Uh, the, the Raptors lost by one, it ended up being, after the Pascal one, three. Yeah. One point, yeah. Uh, the fourth quarter stats was, I believe, two free throws for the Raptors and 24 for the Lakers. I will say that 10 of those 24 were the last 30 seconds. But yeah. even still... Um, you could see the Raptors kind of getting progressively angrier and angrier as the quarter ran by and uh, and more frustrated. And you're just not seeing that kind of reciprocation on the other side. Justin, any thoughts on this? Is is, is Coach Darko's reaction justified? I think it's justified. I think there was just a couple really bad calls that there was one where it was like they, they called art. It was a three, but I don't know if you guys, did you guys watch the game last night or was it just highlights that um anyway there was a, a play where it was like an rj kind of brush screen um kind of a, a dump off to scotty and he just like basically just kept his body there sort of set a pick scotty hits a three they called an offensive foul and this was like with like three minutes left in the game raptors were down three i think so it would have tied yeah, the game up tie, yeah yeah it was a back-breaking call that i thought was kind of bullshit um there's a couple calls on quickly that got him fouled out like there was his fifth foul which the raptors should not have challenged and I have a bit of a Darko rant at some point here. Um, <laughs> but that fifth foul on quickly um, was absolute horseshit. If there was a call, like he basically just had his hand on his back while Scotty, well, while I think it was Anthony Davis was initiating the contact into Scotty Barnes quickly was basically behind Anthony Davis called him for his fifth foul. Very next possession quickly to the, a rip through move accidentally elbows, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Cam Reddish in the face. Oh yeah, Reddish, and uh, and gets fouled out. Um, so yeah, there was uh, yeah, there was there was definitely a few few calls where I was just kind of just kind of speechless, had my arms up. Um, it definitely was on a two way street. But I have any other thoughts before I, I have well, a even like to the with the Scotty Darko. poster to to 
cut the game to like three near the end where he just euro steps yeah. over. I, I believe should've it was. Should have been a foul. Should've yeah, should have been, been and one. And he's like yeah. screaming at the ref like, as, as much as, as inconsequential as that should be, like that kind of summed up the frustration of all of that. There was just like also just like a lot of weak calls on the other end. Like there was a lot of just like touch fouls, like just like call it the same. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like either make it, you know, allow some physicality, which I prefer. I prefer a game where you're allowed to be a little rougher and, you know, and can actually play some defense. But it was clear that that wasn't allowed. Like the Raptors, every time they put any any form of contact, any LeBron drive, any Anthony Davis shot, it was just like being called like it was like clockwork, like every single time. Um, so if that's the way you're going to do it, then then OK. But it wasn't that way both ways. Um, I will say, though, right? Le- LeBron is fucking awesome. Still In- insane. Still, it, it, it's it's. It's such a joy to like watch this 40-year-old man just dominate. Like, you know, we're talking about all this like future and how good the Raptors are and like how excited this young group of guys could get together. And it's just fucking 40-year-old LeBron over there just drilling. Still giving the yeah. pro- Raptors nightmares, yeah. <laughs> yes, sorry. Yeah, and as much as I shit on Jakob Pertle, we would have won that game with him there. It was we were starting, you know, Thad Young, Jakob unfortunately out with a sprained ankle for a couple weeks at, at the le- at minimum. So uh, we have no backup big, so it is it is a big hole now. Um, it's gonna be tough to. Well, they put that young there last night. He played pretty good for not playing ever, um, but it's gonna be a rough few weeks without Yak. Unfortunately, Clippers are are playing tonight. Uh, I don't know how we stop Zubach or any of those hardened Zubach pick and rolls. <laughs> it's just gonna be it's gonna be one of those one thirty to one thirty two games. Again, would you pay the equivalent of twenty million dollars a year for Yak to be back for these for this time? Like, it, it, do you see the value that that money has now? I mean, like that's yeah. why you have a guy like Yak Pertle. That's why you pay him twenty no, million. I get it, a year. but it's like I I just think he's a middle. I think he's like a the eighteenth best center in the league. He's like an Invita Zubac, and you just talked about him as like a threat for. But Zubac is a better pick and roll threat. He's more athletic. You can't like lob one up to Jakob. Jakob has never like lob dunked anything in his life. <laughs> I just think I so what's good about Jakob, he he plays like sort of a European style. Like he can grab he can he can grab the ball in the post and he can he can he can make a good pass. Like he can he can pass the ball and he's he's a good screen setter. So I'll give him those two things. Those are very important aspects of driving good offense. But I do think at the peak of an offensive defensive system, you need someone who can get above the rim, an athletic big man, and someone who, more importantly, on the other end, can be a paint defender, like a good paint defender. And I just don't think Jakob's that. Not to bring it back to Jakob, but two, two he will be two. surely missed. Yak and Chris Boucher versus you and Matt. How does it? How does it pan out? Mm, that's a t- that's a tough one. I mean, obviously, we've established that I would beat Chris one on one. So, <laughs> so it's up to, to the Matt Yak. Yeah, the uh, Matt matchup now. I think I'm tracking down. Oh God, dude! <laughs> he's like, he's like seven foot two, three hundred plus pounds. Like Matt, can't you bench three plate though? True. No, Weighs three hundred pounds. That'd be crazy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's like a twig. You can bench him, dude. Yeah, you can for sure. Bench Jakob him. is deceptively skinny. He's deceptively skinny. Easy. <laughs> okay, I do need to talk about Darko really quick uh, in this game. Um. Darko 
I think he's a great culture guy. I I think oh, early returns on him overall, somewhat positive, relatively positive. I like the way he talks to the players. But I have a problem with how last night went down. It's a tight game. It was a tight game the whole time. Um, and he decided to go with a lineup that had only Scotty Barnes and basically the bench um, for six and a half minutes of that fourth quarter, the first six and a half minutes of the fourth quarter did not have RJ kept quickly out because he had four fouls, which again, I, I disagree with keeping quickly out. Um, I know it, he got, he, he still fouled out, but I think he, he quickly had rested for maybe 10 minutes of, uh, uh, of time, which I think is just far too long. Um, I just, I just think he misplayed that he, he, he did not have his best players in there. And he he waited till this till the five and a half minute mark in the fourth quarter to bring his starters back. Um, so I think that was a big miss. I think that the Raptors could have extended their lead a little bit and given them a bit of a, cu- a cushion going into those last um, those last five and a half minutes. Um, I don't know why he decided to rest Pascal, RJ, and quickly for for that long of a period of time in the fourth quarter. At least have two of them out there. Like Scotty was. Um, and this is still part of Scotty's development. Like he, he picks and chooses when he wants to like be an all-star. He's not, cons- not, he doesn't do it for 48 minutes. Um, so I, I think that was a miss. Um, and then the challenge, um, on, uh, the, the quickly call, uh, I get it that you don't, you want him to avoid getting his fifth foul, but there was no chance in hell that that call was going to be overturned in any capacity. And he blew his challenge with, I think, like five minutes, four and a half minutes left in the fourth when there were some calls kind of late in the game that had a much better chance. There was an RJ block or they called it a foul, Mm -hmm. but it was all ball. That would have been a clear overturn. And we lost by one point. So Darko, I'm giving you a C minus for this game specifically. I still think you're a good coach and you're still learning. But uh, tactically, I kind of disagreed with a lot of what he did in the fourth there. Very good, Justin. Yeah, his rant after, um, I think got a lot of, got a lot blew up on the socials a little bit, and someone's comment had, uh, "Why is Grooch tweaking right now?" And I (laughs) could not stop laughing. (laughs) I was just thinking Grooch the whole time. But yeah, he's 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 tough to take seriously sometimes with that accent, but he's just he's just such a nice guy. How great are challenges for the game? So, so sick. So dramatic. They waste the challenge. Like that didn't even exist three years ago, two years yeah. ago. Like amazing. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And speaking of Darko's rant too, I feel like the hard the fucking best part of that was his insinuating of the league being fixed. And I think it's I, I love this conversation that he's opening up here because the league is definitely gonna find him like crazy. I think he said something like Hey, just let us know if we should show up next time. Because if you're just gonna let them win, like I won't bother. Like I just, I just love it. I didn't hear that quote. Yeah, it's like immediately after the whole thing about like it's ridiculous. Like you should be ashamed. Then he's like, just like if it's gonna, if you're gonna fix it, I won't show up. <laughs> so the league is gonna come at him in the next couple of days, which should be a lot of fun. Yeah, that'll be a fine for sure. <laughs> I saw the quote where he was like, the the refs just won this game for them. And I was like, okay, all right, Darko. <laughs> it's, it's way worse. Like, he he really says it. You know what I mean? I feel like they're going to try to, like, cover it up. 
but good stuff. Matt, I'm curious what um we talked earlier in the podcast about we're gonna cover some of our favorite teams who are in the league now and where the state of where they're at. Are you are you gonna just do OKC or are you are you still in the Chicago? Oh, yeah, Okay. I was wondering I think, if the, the Kobe think, White thing was still there. I think where it stands is Chicago will always have a soft spot in my heart, but I I can't. It's too frustrating. Yeah. That that's so and fair. Now Andre Drummond, I guess, like best player in the league, Andre <laughs> Drummond. Those twenty for twenty and twenty when he comes in, like what the fuck? He's one of my favorite players of all time, I think. Andre Drummond. Oh same. <laughs> Genuinely. <laughs> He's just so big and has no skill whatsoever. Dude. Such just, an athlete. He matches up well with Embiid. Yeah. yeah. Oh? He's gonna First be round? League. He's oh. going to be league for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the Thunder then and when your, your state of the podcast Thunder address. All right. Well, we can go through quickly because we spent quite a bit. <laughs> on our beloved Canadian team. Um, So the power rankings came out for the NBA, I think two days ago now. And guess who are, guess who's number one? The Oklahoma City Thunder. That's shocking. Let's let's go. Because they beat the Celtics last week, right? They they ran the fucking gauntlet from mid-summer. It was Nuggets who they beat, Grizzlies they beat, with I think a jaw. Jaw Grizzlies, so much better team. Obviously, he's out now, but I don't know. Uh, beat the Clippers, who I, I think that was their eight-game win streak, snapped. Mm. Lost the Lakers, tough. Back-to-back in, in L.A. is tough. Um, come back, beat the Timberwolves, who are, like, number one, I think, record-wise, or at least in the West. Mm-hmm. Beat the Knicks. Beat the Nuggets again beat the Nets, and then beat the Celtics. And then they've lost to the Hawks and the Nets in close games back-to-back. But I think it was because they just ran the gauntlet, and that was an absurd stretch. And they That was back-to-back-to-back? All, back to back, all yeah, the games? Just, they just beat all the top teams. And I just, I'm so in love with this team. They're so much fun to watch. I would recommend pulling up a game if you guys have the time. Not just oh, the highlights. Just watching them play it's so much fun they're all dogs which i think is the best part of this like they were down i think 20 25 to the hawks and then brought it i think they got to overtime like they just will always keep fighting and i love it um say that celtics game for example that was just back and forth they got up i think 20 and then celtics brought it to within three um, with five minutes or four or three minutes to go. And they kept competing. They didn't fold their young team, but they showed a lot of maturity there. And it was just so exciting. And SGA, mm. holy shit. He is, he is uh, so dominant. Like he was going against what you would, I think, I, I think can't really argue is the best defensive um, front court in the league with Drew and, um, Derek White, yeah, and he was just toasting them like he was just getting anywhere he wanted, getting him to his spots, pulling up, and it was just I love this team. So that's and that's to, my thought. I don't know if you want to add anything, but well, to expand on your Shea is him thoughts, they I think it's pretty clear 
they got a big three already. I know that's probably stating the obvious, but who's the, who's the third? And Jalen, Jalen Williams. Yeah, dude is dude is legit from a from a, and they could not be placed in better spots too. You got a guard, a wing, and a big man. Yeah, and they're all I think going to be really high end players. Um, Jalen Williams, some of the stuff he was showing in that Celtics game. And this in this stretch overall, I think he's averaging like 18 points a game already. Something yeah. like that in that ballpark, playing really, really good defense, shooting threes at a high clip. Can uh, so that move on Tatum at the end of the game there, that Celtics game where he just he just bumped him off, drove to the drove into the paint, bumped Tatum off, and then a little eight foot, six foot floater um that basically sealed the game for them. Like like dude is 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 ascending. Um, into that secondary playmaker spot, and Chet, man, Chet is everything. Jakob Pertl isn't. He is so, <laughs> so good. Um, in in every aspect, you want a center to be good. He needs to bulk up just a little bit when facing guys like you know the Embiid's of the world. But everything else, man, for you know, paint and building off that, building off that with Chet, like he against Jokic, who you think like you need to bulk up, like be a bigger bigger guy i think he had nine blocks in that game against denver mm-hmm. he almost had a triple double in blocks and it's like what the fuck like it's insane his instincts are good almost averaging 18 seven boards and almost three blocks a game as he's a, a rookie in the top five for dpoi this this year he's, he's i think as a rookie right now if you, really? if you look that which is crazy He's a yeah. freak. The way he moves is incredible, and like he's just such an athlete, like able to uh, way ahead of I don't know, just just his anticipation on blocks and on defense. It's, it's incredible, freak. I think, I think what impressed me the most about him is how competitive he is. I was not expecting that mm. at all. Like in Gonzaga, it didn't really seem. Maybe didn't come up as much. Maybe he didn't know himself as much. Mm. Still a lot younger freshman. I don't know, but yeah, this year he's just. He's a dog. They're all dogs. Yeah, he can that. he can he can play the pick and roll and be a lob threat. He can pick and pop and shoot threes at a 37, 38% clip. Um, and he's a rookie. Yeah. It's uh it's crazy. He's a defensive player of the year candidate already. So he's an yeah, old this rookie. Does. It doesn't is... really count, you know. Yeah. Well, he didn't play a game. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what the Thunder do with this trade deadline. I think ultimately they'll just maybe add little pieces and not make a big splash and let this team kind of ride the wave. But, um, you know, they're very well positioned if they, you know, we talked about Lowry, we talked about, we'll, we'll probably talk about a couple other players, um, before the deadline here, but they're well positioned if they want to make a move and add to this young core, um, to do that. So they're definitely my by leading by a landslide, my second favorite team right now. Um, and I definitely, when I miss basketball and the Raptors aren't playing, I definitely definitely try and catch them on on certain nights. So yeah, I like I like that because the three teams we're gonna address today are my three favorite teams in the league, which is fun for me that I well, get that to like out. dip my toes into your guys' fandom. Just because mm-hmm. yeah, I mean OKC is just a treat to watch, and Shea is. I know I've, I've been a Shea rooter forever so I, I i'm I'm with him and then obviously toronto now and with rj there i big canadian talent guy you know that's just my yeah, thing huge, huge. then obviously we have trey lyles and on the kings that i have to you know 
shout out as far as Canadian talent goes. It's awesome for me. I love it. I love this. I love our teams I love succeeding. This. I love us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you look cuter. Yeah, I love us, man. I'm so well, glad. Speaking of speaking of kings, why don't why don't you lead us off with that? I I, I was wrong at the start of the year. I was kind of out in the Kings as a contender this year. They're still good. They're still there's still the big storyline right now with the Kings is um what goes on past their like top four. So the bench rotation is is just a mess right now, particularly at that two spot. Kevin Herter held it for most of the first half of the season. Um, and then he couldn't hit a shot, so they started kind of almost dropping him out of the rotation. Now they, they started him again. He had a great game against um, the well, the Detroit game was something. They were down by 20 and ended up winning. Um, but Kevin Herter was a big part of that run right away. Obviously, Sabonis popped off there, but... We want to see more consistency from that wing spot just because between Monk, Herter, Duarte, Bezenkov, we're not really seeing somebody step in there and be that guy. Um, as much as Kings fans might want it to be Malik Monk because he's dynamic and explosive and incredible, I think he is better suited off the bench. Um, but, oh man, is he fun to watch. You guys watch a lot of Malik Monk. <laughs> I watch a lot of Malik Monk highlights. Yeah. So he's a highlight reel just the way he moves yeah. is just such an like oh my god just wow so much fun it's like a it's like a stronger like dennis schroeder like it's he's fast and he's strong you yeah. know what I mean? like for a guard he just throws it down sometimes and it's like what the? <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. and the way i don't know just, he has like a swagger to him like he's just built like a just like someone to like like jamal crawford kind of type just the fucking I'm here to make highlights, you know? So much fun to watch. Um, Fox and Sabonis are still up to their fucking no good. Sabonis had a, what, 39-point triple-double yesterday to beat the Pistons. Kind of crazy. Fox is also just peak Fox. And it's so much, it's incredible. The way he just gets to the lane. The, the different finishes he has, I think, is second only to maybe Kyrie Irving. It's just a, such a pretty game. Right now, the ceiling for me, I don't, I don't, I still don't see them as contenders, regardless if we fix that kind of rotation issue. Uh, but honestly, I don't care because I love this team and like I'm having fun watching them. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same with like the Canucks right now. I don't give a fuck. Like, mm -hmm. there might be faux contenders, whatever. I don't give a fuck. There's so much fun to watch and I love this team. Like, keep this together. Don't change a thing. We're having fun over here. I mean, the Raptors played the Kings recently, and um, man, I, I just remember it was uh, it was a tight game, uh, about five minutes. Four, no, I think there was le four minutes left in the second in the second quarter. I think it was like a three point game. Kings were up by three. You basically blink, and they're up 20, 22 at half. <laughs> and I'm like, what the? F I feel like I was just like like given a drink that was a little too strong, and now I'm like a little woozy for a second. And I'm I'm back in it. I'm down 22. It's like that happened. It happens in a blink, in a blink of an eye. And that is a testament to their, their offensive prowess. Mm -hmm. um, they can, they can score in a lot of different ways. Um, obviously their three point shooting is, is pretty electric. Uh, I can go on runs um, like that. I'm very impressed with Keegan Murray. I would die if we somehow got Keegan Murray in a Siakam <laughs> trade. Um, there's, there's literally not. <laughs> There's obviously, yeah. you know, you know why it's not going to happen? 
You know why it's not going to happen? Because the Kings have that call, that Keegan Murray callback. Whenever he scores, yeah. the Keegan Murray. Murray. If they didn't have that, I think our chances would be like 8% better to get him. He's never leaving that. And it's okay. crazy. He's such like a nerd. Like the way he carries himself. Like he clearly doesn't want any attention whatsoever. So like the yeah. fact that he has the most like obnoxious callback when he hits a three is so funny to me. Yeah. yeah I've been very impressed with him. Um, do you, but I guess, Murray, real talk. Do you want Pascal on a trade? Like if Pascal gets traded to the Kings, are you, uh, what are you, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings? Uh, it, it doesn't address the whole that I'd, th- I think he plays too similar of a position as someone like Sabonis in terms of an initiator. And I think we're fine doing our Sabonis thing. And he doesn't really raise the ceiling at all in any, in any way over Sabonis. So I wouldn't want to give him those touches. Also, we just need a bigger, big. Like, I understand Pascal played some of the five, but as you're saying, Justin, like, I need a yak of Pirtle more than anything. Like, I'd, I'd take yak in a heartbeat over Pascal right now. Yeah, let's say yak's in the deal. I'll just toss in Keegan Murray. Yeah, yak, yak for Keegan. That's it. That's it. Yak and Pascal for others first. What, okay, what if you got Pascal for a package that didn't involve Keegan Murray? Let's say, let's say, you'd Harrison love Barnes. Kevin Herter. Davion Mitchell and picks. You'd love like, yeah, Davion and Kevin Herter, I think would be really great in the Raptors. Maybe, but would that, would that fire you up? Cause I think the Kings are, I mean, they're serious. I mean, there's been rumors they're serious about, um, you know, they've, there's been talks above Pascal, mm. um, and forming this big three. Uh, you know, I, I do think having a third elite player can raise your, your ceiling. I, I, I don't know if we're Keegan Murray is quite, yet there as, as the third yeah. banana of a championship I think it's another year. Team. I'd rather have another year of Keegan and, and see what that becomes. So I, yeah. I'm out on anything involving Pascal as far as this team fit goes. It just doesn't work for me just because, yeah, it's Pascal and Sabonis, two similar roles in that high post. I'd rather have Sabonis having those touches. Yeah, that's fair. Well, God, I would. I hope it happens. I hope Pascal <laughs> Kings. I think you talk yourself into it. Because right now, realistically, we're talking about like the Thunder is like a legitimate, you know, they're number one ranked uh, for Bleacher Report or whatever. Mm. Like they're clearly a contender. But to me, the NBA actually, the NBA in the NBA. Sorry, sorry. Um, But to me, this just clearly shows how wide open things are right now. And we keep talking about it every few episodes, how like wide open the league is. Um, So, you know, if you're the Kings, like, the you know, windows are. They open and they close quickly. So I, you know, hey, they they've got their 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 cupboard of draft picks. They've you know they've got some assets. Like you wouldn't be mad if or sad if Davion Mitchell got got dealt at this I point, would right? Not be. I would not be. I yeah. think it would actually be better for me so I could move on from Franz Wagner, just because that right it kind of stings. I was actually taking a look recently. That's that twenty twenty one draft class, and oh boy, I want to deep dive into that because uh, I remember Matt, you were in my room. We were watching that class together when uh, Scotty got yeah. picked over Suggs. Yeah. And then uh, I'm like... I remember exactly where I was. Yeah. And when the Magic were picking, I'm like, just not Franz. Just not anyone but Franz. Anyone but Franz. Because like, we were right next. And we ended up, obviously, Franz goes to Magic. We end up being stuck with Davion Mitchell, who I love. You know, no disrespect. I love this Baylor run. I love that year in college hoops. That was a so much fun tournament. But, yeah. <laughs> not Franz Wagner. He hasn't turned out the way we you wanted him to, maybe. No, he's turned out exactly the way I thought he would. That's oh. the problem. 
Like I was right about Davion Mitchell. Like he's good and he's think... like a spark plug, but the ceiling is just not there. Do you think on another like I'm asking us for on behalf Research. of the Raptors? Yeah. Do you think that uh, on another team he he there's 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 development and another level left in the tank for him, or is this kind of just who he's going to be as an NBA no, player? I think this is a, like in the same way Peyton Pritchard exists on the Celtics. I think you know like he plays a role and it's a good one. But Davion's and, a way better Davion, defender. Davion does the same thing for the Kings. He's a limited defender because he's like five ten. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, so he doesn't like, shoot that well. He doesn't shoot that well. He doesn't. He has limited, if not any, offensive bag. But he's you know a spark plug, and you go in for effort in the same way. Yeah, Peyton Pritchard, and like obviously Pritchard is like the has a different skill set, but that's the role that they play is that they come in for new energy, and that that that's a ceiling for him. I don't I don't think he'll ever be a starting caliber point guard. I I, I knew that when we drafted him. Like at best, he's like a six man kind of point guard, but. Eh. Hmm. So how far can this team go and who would you like to have on this team to raise their ceiling? Stop tempting anyone... me. Stop tempting me with transactions that change the wood. The just curious. The I think I, the Kings are going to be buyers. I think they're going to be players. I just love this team, Justin. It's so much. I, I want but another year of it, really, because I, th- I you think just this... acknowledge that they're not contenders yet. <laughs> what we were talking it's Keegan. Wait, you're, it's Keegan. you're waiting for another De'Aaron and Fox leap? Like, what are you waiting for? It's a Keegan leap. I mean, Fox obviously okay. is at his at his at his peak here. It's a Keegan leap mostly, and then filling that hole at at the five. It was it was Alex Len. I think Mike Brown. I, I've said this multiple times on a podcast. I think Mike Brown was wrong about the rotations in the playoffs, not playing our fives properly. I actually think we have the bodies to be um, a good rebounding team. We just don't play them. Um, but it's Keegan. Because Fox and Sabonis, this is as good as they'll get, and it's fucking good. Like these guys are good. But uh, once Keegan could become this kind of like early Pacers Paul George type player, difference maker, um, then we'll, then I think we'll be in that in the same place where the Pacers were in, in that championship conversation, beating LeBron. You know. Yeah, I just for some reason I still think the Kings are going to Kings in some in some way. I don't yeah, know. You, you know, I, I caught a, a fucking stray recently. I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, and you guys and you guys will find this funny because I always bring up Nemias Keita, and you guys are like, who the fuck is Nemias Keita? Because <laughs> yeah. like he he played out of Utah State. I watched him a lot in the tournament. He's incredible. This big body, and the Kings had him for a while. They traded him to the Celtics recently, and Bill Simmons, obviously known Celtics fans, like. Yeah, and the Kings just give away this Keita who's fucking incredible. And I was asking around, like, why did the Kings do this? And they're like, oh, it's because it's the Kings. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I was right. All this to say, I was right about Nemias Keita. He's good, and the Kings should have played him. I think the point here is that the, the Kings still be Kingsing in terms of their reputation <laughs> yeah. around the league. We're getting better. We made the playoffs. I, I just I want them to make a move. I do think there's like a clear upgrade possibility at the Harrison Barnes spot. Like, could you get a like? Would I'm trying to think. Like Bogdanovich be an upgrade? Could you get Clint Capella from the Hawks? Is there a uh, maybe? Does well, John we had Bogdanovich. Collins... We had Bogdanovich. I do not want John Collins. No, no, the um, the good one, the, the Detroit, the Detroit Bogdanovich. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he'd be great. I agree. I think he'd be the perfect upgrade over Barnes. You get Jeremy Grant. Is there a Jeremy like Jeremy Grant for Barnes and Davion and a first maybe? Like, like those to are me, great. There's... I agree. Like, I think those would make us like a championship contending team. It's just Justin. Like, 
we made the playoffs for the first time in 20 plus years last year. I don't want to fuck with this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I as much as like, oh, we could go for the championship. We could go for da, 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 like, I just want to make the playoffs again. Make it two years in a row. You know what I mean? Like, we, this is a culture that we could stand behind. And I'm so happy we're here that the, these like short term aspirations of going for a championship for like and, and letting go of our future. Not interested. We're here in this now. Like, I want this. Do you think other other Kings fans feel the same way, or is that maybe just like not? Amari? Dude, this is this is such a tortured Kings fan like outlook. You know what I mean? Like, if you support yeah. a team for so long and they don't make the playoffs for your entire life, when it happens, it's like something to behold. Like, I don't want to let go of this feeling. I just feel like you're like eighty. You're like one or two players away. Holy like, shit! <laughs> <laughs> you want it so bad. You Clint Capella so and Jeremy bad. Grant's on this team. You don't think you're contending for a championship? I do. I do. I truly. I do. Perfect. Let's make the moves. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um. Well, the Kings are good. Um. They. They. Yeah. If. If. Look. I. I. I can't. I can't blame you for just wanting to cheer for a winning team. Yeah, and um, even with the Raptors, like I'm happy that the Raptors are winning. Like it's a, it's a fun team to watch. Period. Like as well, the Raptors have no that. reason to tank at this point. Yeah, Zero it's kind of a grim future for you right now. I'll be honest, Matt's well, just pretty. this pick. Just this pick. My thing is, yeah, if, if this turns into like if we if we're a playing team and we can this team this this core can grow and we can find something and we're the you know fifteenth pick you know or whatever somewhere in the middle, I can live with that. That's fine. But if we try to do a late season tank or whatever. I don't know why we do that. And then we, we end up with like the seventh or eighth pick. That's that's code red for, for the yeah. trade. Um, but either way, I think that the pick equity will be wiped clean at the end of uh, at the end of the season. And we can kind of, and we'll still have the 31st overall pick. So it's, you know. Do you think if the three of us became the general managers of the OKC Thunder today, that we could win four championships in the next 10 years? More yes. championships. Next yeah. question. What? <laughs> it's so easy. It's so easy Dude, for them. It's so easy. Make four. Yeah. Look. I mean, look at what they have, man. Dude, like, the Warriors won four, and we call them like with the one of the greatest dynasties. But it's, but it's the three of us, Justin. Right. We are pretty like, smart. Like the the Thunder currently have the setup that the the Warriors did um, when they started making that run with Curry. Play oh. and but they have 20 first rounders in the next like, five years. <laughs> it's so stupid. Like this. Like, it's just crazy. I wonder how hey, it'll but... pan out though. Like at a certain point, you have to spend the money. Like at a certain point, like where do these first rounders go? I have no idea what well, they're gonna overpay. Is. They're gonna overpay in a trade. They're gonna send like <laughs> six first round picks for like Alari Markin or someone, whoever you know, whoever they target. Please, I would. I love that so much. Six, six first for Lowry. Make it happen tomorrow because I, uh, that team would be, I'd be nutting. Would you do that if you were the Jazz though? Like that's like a, you get a Rudy Gobert like style package for. <laughs> what else do the Jazz have, dude? They have like they should just fucking blow it up. Well, they turn into the Thunder. They turn into like pre, like yeah, pre and it worked, this. right? It worked. I know. They'll, then they have like. 15 first round picks and they can kind of do a, you know, I think Keontae George is a really good building piece for them. I don't know why the Raptors picked Grady Dick over Keontae George. Easy on the Dick slander. 
I'm big well, on di- very big dick, still. Dick, be di- dick ain't dicking right now, Mari. Dick's not dicking. He's dicking he down in the G League. Tell you how you're, putting him in a, you're putting him in a weight training uh, routine to, to get bulk him up. But He's turning the G League back into the D League. Yeah. He, oh, that's funny. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Sorry, I'm sick, or else that would have been way yeah. better. Thanks, um, well, that's all. That's all very good updates on our teams. I think that's uh, pretty comprehensive. Uh, I do. We do have some slate breaking news. We should just mention on the pod. The LA Clippers have extended Kawhi Leonard on a three-year. Uh, I believe it's 150 million dollar extension, fully guaranteed. And there is rumor that Paul George is right behind him um, on basically a similar um, a similar length contract. So I think um, they like what they have. The Clippers have locked it up. They're they're Paul George Kawhi uncertainty. Um, all it takes a little ten game winning streak, then you get to, your 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 players are happy. Quick, is uh, it a curious. thumbs up from uh, from the podcasters here? Because it's a thumbs down for me. I'm, I'm thumbs down, eh? Yeah, I think they've both been healthy this year. Kawhi is playing out of his mind. Um, he's 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 been Raptors 2019 Kawhi. Yeah, uh, for most of this year, and so I think you do need to keep that asset. I, I'm sure there's some sort of package deal situation with with Paul George right now and Kawhi. And if you're Steve Ballmer, like, why do you care about the luxury tax part of it? You know, yeah. um, so you're. So I think up. it's a win. I'm curious to see what Harden gets. Yeah, um, that's the next question, right? Resign like, him. The rest of the core is the is the real thumbs down aspect of this for me. Matt, thumbs up or thumbs down on Kawhi Leonard three year extension? I think thumbs up because you already made your bed, and yeah. now you got to keep going on with it. Like you don't have a first round pick. What are you gonna do? Like, yeah. It's a pretty fun bed to lay in, though, having yeah. Kawhi, PG, Russ, and Harden. Like, what a team that is. Into their mid-30s. Yeah, <laughs> With no first-round picks. <laughs> I mean, just one injury and the whole thing gets fucked up. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. But right now, you can't... Uh, it's working. There's a, there's a chemistry. There's a formula mm-hmm. that's working. So... Um. Yeah, kudos to kudos to them for keeping the core, and uh, I'm I'm excited to see them in a playoff playoff run. I would put them firmly in a top top three in the West right now. Yeah. Who do you have above? You put the the Timberwolves above them. Who do you yeah. put above them? Yeah, the Timberwolves. Yeah, they've cooled off a little bit. I don't know if Anthony Edwards is is quite him yet. Is that controversial? <laughs> the Speaking take. of Anthony Edwards, I have a scalding hot take for you guys. Matty really? Ice's icy hot take of the week. Um, and I guess he kind of goes into it. So <laughs> take a take for the year, I guess, because it's twenty twenty four. I don't know. Figured okay. go big. Um, so I think SGA is going to win the MVP this year. I know this is gaining a lot of buzz. This isn't that crazy of a hot take. Um. I think Jokic doesn't really care. Uh, he's going to continue to fall down the NBA ladder. Currently, it's Embiid, Jokic, um, SGA, Giannis, and uh, Luka. So that's the top five. 
Um, so I don't think, I don't think Jokic cares. Like the other night, he had four points on three shots <laughs> and just had sixteen assists for shits. Like he's he doesn't care. <laughs> you have Embiid who has missed eight games already, and you're gonna have to make the sixty-five game threshold. And I feel like he got his one MVP, and he's really focused on winning a ring now. So I feel like he's gonna continue to play really well. He's also kind of played not great teams. Uh, I think Sixers have been pretty fortunate with their schedule, especially recently. And I don't think he's going to make that game threshold. If he does, I don't know, like they're going to be the three or four seed probably. So you have that there. And SGA, like, I don't know, they're the second seed. They're going to have to finish in the top three in the West. It's a stacked West. I think that goes into it. He's averaging 31 um, six and six right now, which is absurd on two steals a game. Could be an all defensive player on top of it, which is unbelievable. And he's a Canadian kid, so I'm really rooting for him. But I think he has a legit case, and I think he's going to have more to play for as it gets down to it and as we continue along into the season. Do we squad bet on this? Well, the odds aren't that good it's right not... now. Yeah, like, I just like it's plus 300. Yeah, Ooh. that's plus 300 now. Holy yeah. shit. That's gone down. It was like plus seven, I want to say, two, three weeks ago. Oh, it's taken that. So it's, it's really, really gaining steam. So I think he's going to be MVP. I think that's a hot take. But piggybacking off of that, I think, I don't think an American player is going to win an MVP for the next five years. I Going more than that, it's kind of difficult because yeah. I don't really know. I'm not as well versed in high school. <laughs> Rush, baby. I don't think an American player is going to win for the next five years. So let's say this year you have Shit. all international players in the top five for the MVP rankings, and so that's Shea, Shea, Luca, Jokic, Embiid. And so Giannis. I don't think Jokic is going to win another one. I don't think he cares enough. Um, Embiid could win another one if he keeps it up. Um, he could. Um, Giannis is going to be still right there. He's as competitive as ever. His numbers are actually like his numbers are absurd. Yeah. And you have Luca, who's eventually going to push past whatever this threshold is in the being the four or five guy. And he's going to be he's going to get he's going to win one at least. Yeah. You'd think. Let's say let's say let's say Shea wins this year. So that's that's kind of your top five. And I think it's going to be your top five for the next Who are years. our biggest American threats? The biggest Jason American threats. So let's say Jason Tatum. Yeah. And so he's averaging this season 27.5, um, 8.7 rebounds, and 4.5 and assists on one steal and half a block. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that's cute. It's just that's not going to win you the MVP. Even if, like, I think the and the Celtics, I think, are too deep as well which is a whole other piece to this um like his his team doesn't really allow him like there's too many mouths to feed now i think he's not going to get the stats necessary and unless it's like a boston season where they go like they have 70 wins or something yeah i don't think he wins it yeah um you got anthony edwards yeah tyrese 26.2 points five five rebounds five assists uh, still like same thing he's a bit younger so that could potentially work out and Tyrese Halliburton who's who we've talked about extensively 
those are probably your top three huh. with a legitimate shot. And I don't know. And and now you have Wemby also. Yeah, yeah. Just to be mentioned, he's they just did the rookie ladder again um, this morning actually, and mm-hmm. Wemby is back on top. He's above Chet. I think after that Bucks game, which opened a lot of eyes. Um, yeah, what a game. That'll go back and forth all season. He could he could be MVP, let's say, four or five years down the line. So that's my hot take. But with every... Biggest... Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, I think the biggest threat to this is a situation where, let's say, this Celtics season does not go well or for whatever reason, and the Celtics trade Brown. Yeah. Some Jalen Brown trade. Now Tatum is stepping up in terms of going to have some more volume kind of running that offense. And and if he takes that, because he's good enough, I think he's good enough to win MVP. But I think you're right. There's too many mouths to feed on that team. Um, but I think next season or let's say two seasons from now is, is sort of the biggest Tatum for MVP threat. If Jalen Brown is not on the team anymore and he goes off for like 30, 31 for the, you know, and six and six for the season, you know, I agree. Um, it's a lot of faith in uh, Shay and Luca at the moment. To to like beat out this like perimeter because we've had big man MVPs for a while and I know the narrative likes to switch as much as possible. So if Shea and Luca are those guys over Jason Tatum, then we should be fine. That's I like that's this. Actually, I like this. It's very realistic though. So that's it's equally a hot take and also like could very well happen. Yeah. And if you think about it, um it was Giannis back to back. Jokic back-to-back, Embiid. So it's already been five years since an American wow. player. So it could be 10 years total, which is crazy. International taking over. Yeah, the last one I think was Harden. Or no, was it Harden? Is that crazy? Harden did win one, yeah. Was Harden the last one? Am I tweaking? Yeah, he was. <laughs> 2018. Wow. James Harden, last one. So, I don't know. Food for thought. Thought for food. Well, Matt, that was an icy hot take. Thank you for providing that for us this week. Uh, that's going to do it for the show. Um, thanks, everyone, for for listening. Happy New Year. Hope everyone has a great 2024. Full of three and Ds. We appreciate it. And I uh, hope you have a great rest of your week. Peace and love.